0: Integrated Science of the Absolute Preliminaries, 25. Mathematics reveals the possibility of a science of the absolute. Subsection 1. The mathematical frame of reference. The mind of man seeks certitude through solving problems, whether he is interested in technology or in such subjects as astrology, involving celestial influences on human life. Mathematics as a discipline belonging to the world of intelligent discourse comes in as an instrument for problem solving of every kind. Calculables and observables resulting from abstractions and generalizations can attain to a high degree of perfection in certitude in the world of mathematics. Standing on its own neutral ground where one set of observables is related to its own counterpart of calculables. Mathematics yields what is called a proof through equations or visible geometric forms or both. Mathematics has sometimes been referred to as Gedan Denken, that is German, or thinking without thought. Hilbert, who has succeeded in giving to mathematics a special geometric discipline of a fully independent status thinks of mathematics as a kind of game, and defines it as follows. Mathematics is a game played according to certain simple rules with meaningless marks on paper. It would be wrong for us to say that mathematics deals with airy nothings. This would amount to saying that although it is full of importance to man, it does not refer to that very reality. Where all problems reside, though it can do so only perhaps with the thinnest of transparent veils. Many grades of veilings of truth are possible. Mathematics is perhaps the last or the thinnest of the obstructions that might be said to hide the full vision of truth from man. The Pythagoreans were not completely off the mark when they thought of the universe as being made up of the same stuff as that of mathematical symbols such as numbers, with their corresponding structures, when treated together. Those interested in machines rather than gods might mistrust such a Pythagorean attitude as something outmoded and mystical. These are the skeptics. Yet there are others who are temperamentally believers and to whom Pythagorean ideas mean something very valuable in bringing man face to face with divinity. Modern developments in mathematics have tended to open large vistas in both these directions. God and mathematics are being linked together in scientific writings. The variety of titles of books on mathematics seen in bookshop windows anywhere in the modern world are in themselves sufficient evidence of the doubly enigmatic interest the subject holds on today's intelligent and original thinkers and the inventive mind of modern youth. Mathematics is referred to both as fun and as something earnest. Mathematics in fun and earnest. Mathematics, queen and servant of science. Mathematics in everyday things. The gentle art of mathematics. Magic house of numbers. And mathematician's delight are some of the intriguing titles one is able to see. In every case we notice an element of paradox. The two aspects of life with which mathematics is necessarily concerned are brought together, which is just the meeting of the visible and the intelligibles. This is the element that makes the subject so naturally attractive. The division between physics and metaphysics is itself dissolved when we think of mathematics as a complete discipline in itself, comprising both algebra and geometry. These two disciplines have appeared in the history of mathematics, sometimes as rivals and at other times as in the latest post-Hilbertian developments. They tend to come together as partners, the one lending certitude to the other. In this modern tendency to bring them together, we find the epistemological and methodological basis for a unitive science. What is of importance in a unified science of the absolute comes into fuller view when we enter the domain of mathematics where all the required characteristics reside together side by side. Whether we think of physics and metaphysics as distinct disciplines or treat them as coming under the same unitive science, there are certain categories or items that properly belong to each of them and which can be put together into a total integrated whole. Philosophers like Kant find use for words such as noumenal and phenomenal, and practical and pure. In physics, space-like and time-like realities are referred to in Einstein's relativity. The perceptual and the conceptual can refer to the same two rival aspects that call for mutual or reciprocal treatment as related to each other. The observables and the calculables correspond term by term to the visibles and intelligibles of Plato. Each philosopher has his favorite pair of terms, like Fichte's distinction between the self and the non-self. The a priori and the a posteriori refer to the axiomatic and the experimental aspects of scientific thinking. Algebraic symbols may be said to be nominalistic in status where the spirit geometric of Pascal delights, and perfectly at ease in the world of forms, from which the word information, as used in cybernetics, is itself derived. Whatever pair of terms is mentioned or used, we can correctly fit all of them into one and the same vertical and horizontal schematic version of the schematism we have so far developed each pair belonging together as conjugates, as sometimes referred to. For the same reason of schematizing, Hilbert has been called a formalist. The ancient Vedantins of India have summed up the total situation involved by the expression Naam Rupa, name form. The last way of looking at the total bipolar or ambivalent situation which faces us everywhere, when we think of an integrated or unitive science, comes very near to that of modern mathematics. Formalism and structuralism are at present accomplished varieties rather than something still waiting to be recognized by mathematicians of the future. As we all know, the most elementary form of mathematics begins with a child who counts its fingers when adding up simple numbers. What the digits themselves represent as numbers is a starting abstraction forced into acceptance on the child rather by the schoolmaster's gain than by the child's natural understanding. Elementary schoolmasters can be very easily aware of this when, for example, a child shows confusion when asked to say how much is left when you take away such a number from another number. The child is not at home with such abstractions as he lives in a simple world of events and objects. The writer himself knows of his own younger brother, who stared at him in great confusion and dismay at this evidently simple question. When forced to answer, he helplessly asked, where I had put those items, thus taken away. Without knowing how to enter a world of abstraction and generalization, the child could not proceed further. Number itself is a mystery for the most advanced mathematician. It represents a second degree abstraction from actuality. There are thus any number of degrees of abstractions and generalizations possible in mathematics. This is exactly what makes for both the tears and delights of the subject. The most elementary stage of mathematics can be imagined when we think of a vegetable or grain market on the ground floor of a tall building such as Woolworths departmental store. This is the level where normal arithmetic prevails. We can imagine successive floors serially piled upward and accessible through lifts in the tall building. This structure is like degrees of purer and purer mathematics treated as a whole. Each degree of abstraction or generalization lies on a level or horizontal floor of its own. Technology involves itself in its own abstractions of abstractions and generalizations of generalizations, till a level is reached in the hypothetical top story where abstractions become interesting for their own sake. On this higher level, applied mathematics parts company with pure mathematics. The former still refers to values most marketable on the ground floor. But the turning point about the middle of the building, interests begin to point upwards, as it were, to the purer delights of mathematics, where it is a game rather than a toil. Further stories can be imagined, which we can pass through by either local or express jumps to the pinnacles of where pure mathematics resides. Here it is fully a game, as Hilbert defined it. Mathematics can either prognosticate with expectation or calculate with regrets. Gain experiences from the past. We have thus a prospective and a retrospective vision evoked from any point in a vertical scale of the total range of mathematical thinking, which can be imagined as linking the lowest horizontalized version of the discipline with the highest which deals with non earthly human values. We can further imagine a possible extrapolation or interpolation in either direction, upward or downward, of the thinking process involved. Each man chooses what he is most interested in, whether in old age or in his youth, and fits his life into the various levels which must always have their vertical horizontal component factors. No man can escape anything and is caught in the situations where his inner urges attract him to corresponding outer factors. He can thus imagine his scale of values proper to the type of each individual. This vertical principle has been called by some mathematical experts, Phil conducteur, the guiding thread. Speaking of the virtues of modern prospective geometry and its easy operation, G. Veriest states the following. In projective geometry, there is no such difficulty. This science, supporting itself on axioms, which are remarkably symmetrical, first places the properties of very simple configurations, formed by points situated on the same straight line. From the straight lines proceeding through the same point and situated in the same plane, the planes passing by one and the same straight line, it progressively passes over to the study of more complicated configurations while the conducting thread of the demonstrations remains always the same. Notably, there is a certain correspondence between the elements of the figures considered. Of all the innovations in mathematics, that of the projective geometry of Poncelet, taken together with the one-to-one correspondence of Cantor, have had the most far-reaching repercussions on modern mathematical thinking. There are also many minor contributions which we shall presently review.